Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us for the ASHP Advocating for Impact podcast, where every episode covers a policy issue impacting the practice of pharmacy. We'll do our best to translate the policy and the politics to help you understand how these issues affect your practice and your profession. My name is Jalan Schulte-Wall. I'm ASHP's Senior Director for Health and Regulatory Policy, and I will be the host for today's episode. I'll be joined by Tom Krause, ASHP's Vice President of Government Relations, and he'll be providing some updates on our ongoing advocacy to advance provider status at the federal level. Tom, thanks for joining us. So to get us started, can you remind our listeners what Medicare provider status bills have been introduced? Yeah, um, it, so we've had two bills introduced uh, this year that address provider status. So a lot of our listeners rem- will remember that we have for several years uh, seen a bill called the Pharmacy and Medically Underserved Areas Enhancement Act introduced. That is something that we have supported for a long time. Um, and that is the bill that provides Medicare Part B reimbursement for pharmacist clinical services, but specifically focuses on rural and medically underserved communities. And it's it's agnostic as to which pharmacist services uh, are reimbursed as long as they're Medicare covered services and they're provided um, by a pharmacist in those designated uh, underserved areas, then that would be a, a service that would get paid for under the Medicare program. There is a separate bill called the Equitable Community Access to Pharmacist Services Act. And that is a, a, a newer bill that focuses on a, a smaller set of services um, related to COVID, uh, influenza, strep, and RSV, including vaccination testing and initiation of therapy, but it is not restricted geographically. So while while the, the medical underserved bill is, is restricted geographically, but not as far as scope of service, uh, this equitable community access bill is limited in scope of surface services, but but broad as far as geographies. And I, I just want to flag also. Um, so those are the two federal bills focused on Medicare provider status. I just want to remind folks that there is still you know incremental progress going on at the states every year. So we've had uh, several bills uh, introduced and passed. I think we're now up to sixteen states that have some version of pharmacist provider status, either through their Medicaid program or as a requirement on uh, commercial payers in the state. And those are important in their own right. They're important uh, for folks in those those states for patients to access care from their pharmacist, but they're also important because it makes it uh, that much easier to tell a story about the, the role that pharmacists are playing in providing clinical services and encourage members of Congress to say, hey, we really should have Medicare beneficiaries access the same kind of services that other patients in your states can access. So is it a problem to have two different provider status bills in play at the same time? Yeah, I don't consider it at all a problem to have two provider status bills um, being considered by Congress. You know, certainly we want to make sure that we're not uh, confusing members of Congress by having two different bills. Um, But the members of Congress who are engaged on this this issue are aware of both versions you know, I think what's what's important is that we are we are seeing members of Congress try to um, try to address a need for patients to access care from their pharmacist, 
Um, and while one of them is more limited in scope, that you know that the intent there is to limit the the cost of that bill. And so, if there is a lower cost version of provider status that gets introduced, at the end of the day, we want the version that's going to going to get passed by both members, both uh, both houses of Congress. And so I think it is absolutely okay to have two different versions of the bill. Um, they are not in competition. Uh, we, are, we are not uh, endorsing one bill over the other or saying one is better than the other. We think these are both important steps forward. They are complementary. Um, and, and it's entirely possible that, that at the end of the day, we see something that is a, a, a sort of mix of both of them that ultimately gets passed. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but, uh, you know, short story is I, it's not a it's not a problem to have two versions of a bill. OK, that's I mean, that all sounds really promising. And we've also had some significant progress in the Senate like recently. So can you tell us a little bit about what happened in the Senate and why it matters? Yeah. So. So for those who have been tracking the provider status effort, you know that we've introduced these bills every year and we have worked hard to get co-sponsors and we have a, a, a big group of members of Congress that co-sponsor these bills. But we've always been held up um, getting uh, into the, the committee process. And, and the way Congress works is there's you have a bill that gets introduced and then you go through a, a committee that specializes on certain um, certain types of legislation. So there are a couple committees that focus on different aspects of healthcare, and of course there are other committees that that focus on different issues from agriculture to to national security. Our bills get considered by in the in the Senate what's called the Senate Finance Committee, and in the House the Energy and Commerce and the Ways and Means Committee. So those are the those are the three committees. Uh, generally speaking, that have jurisdiction over the Medicare program. And so what happened recently is the Senate Finance Committee finally took up consideration of some of these bills. What happened was there was a, uh, a, a there was another piece of legislation uh, that was being considered and members of the Senate Finance Committee offered our different provider status bills as amendments. And so what that what that means is you can you know, modify a, a bill that's being considered by adding or subtracting language. And so they they offer these amendments proposing to add them. And then what they did is they had a conversation with the chairman of the committee during the the, the debate and said. You know, Mr. Chairman, we'll agree to withdraw these amendments, so we're not going to force a vote on them today if you agree to work with us. Uh, to advance these leg this legislation going forward. And, and that's what happened. Um, so this that sounds very kind of wonky uh, insider uh, steps that don't may not seem significant from the outside, but it actually is significant to have members of Congress. Uh, Senator, Gra uh, uh, Senator Grassley did this with regard to the Pharmacy and Medically Underserved Areas Enhancement Act. He offered and withdrew that amendment. And um, and Senator Thune, with regard to the Equitable Community Service, Equitable Community Access to Pharmacist Services Act, and so now we have a commitment from the the Finance Committee leadership to work with Senator Grassley and Senator Thune to advance their their legislation and bring it back up for for consideration going forward. So that's a good step. That's that has not previously happened. And that's a signal that, uh, you know, that these members are willing to sort of 
demands some attention on on the provider status bills in committee and it's a commitment from the the leadership of the committee uh, to work on it so that's great um and, and and this happened with regard to both bills so both the the medically underserved areas enhancement act and the equitable community access act uh, were were both offered as amendments. So that's what's going on. It does not mean that they have passed. It does not mean that they've been voted out of committee. What it means is there is now this um, escalation through the committee process uh, of those two bills and this commitment to work on them going forward. And so now that we have these two bills in play, what can ASHP members do to help advance them? Yeah, the, the most important thing is to just keep attention on these bills. You can do that by going to ASHP's advocacy page and sending a, a, an email to your members of Congress encouraging the, them to support these bills. That's a that's a very easy thing that you can uh, do from our website, and we can include a, a link to that um, in the show notes of this episode. For those who are attending ASHP's um, policy week coming up in September, um, that will be a, these two bills will be a big focus of our policy week efforts. Um, we will be with uh, members of ASHP on Capitol Hill talking about these two bills, advocating for them, and and, and seeking um, congressional support for them. And then I think the last thing is to just continue to to talk about the need for reimbursement for some of these services to to. Um, to support patient care in your community. So if there is an opportunity to talk about these issues with leadership of your health system or to flag these issues uh, in meetings of your state uh, state society, those are good forums to just kind of keep people's attention on it, keep the energy up, um, and of course, um, do that congressional outreach if it is something you are able to do. Thanks so much, Tom. That's all we have time for today. And I wanna thank you for joining us to discuss federal provider status legislation. Be sure that your voice is heard. As a pharmacist and a constituent, you have tremendous influence at the state and federal level. Visit ashp.org to learn more about key issues, grassroots efforts, and ways that you can get involved in ASHP's advocacy efforts. Thanks so much, John. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time.